0: Well, good morning to those who are watching from home. Good morning to those of you in this room and uh, down in the venue as well. It's great to be together this morning. Well, next Sunday will mark a three-year anniversary of something that really, something really amazing that, that happened in my life and in, in my wife's life. Uh, we became grandparents. And uh, we think our grandson, Bo, and our granddaughter, Margo, are two of the most amazing, probably actually the two most amazing people in the whole world. We love them. We adore them. They, uh, we could tell you dozens and dozens of stories about things that they do and things that they say, and we've got thousands of pictures that we could show you and hundreds of videos that we could show you. Uh, You don't know how much self-control it required of me just to show one picture this (laughs) morning, right? And we know you would want to hear all of those stories and see all of those pictures as much as we do. When there's someone that you love, someone that you adore, someone that you think is amazing, you just can't help but talk about them. You want others to know them, right? Right? Every grandparent out there right now is like, you know exactly what I'm talking about with your grandkids. Through Jesus, we have come to know the God of the universe. God who loves us like we've just sung. He's good. He's wise. He's faithful. He is beautiful beyond description. And when we see him and understand him rightly, we cannot help but talk about him. We cannot help but want to make him known to the world around us, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, really to anyone who will listen. This is what we are called to as a church, and you're the church, this is our calling. Over the past number of weeks, we have been looking at the heart of a disciple. We've been talking about these three great loves, love for God, love for one another, love for our neighbors. And as we've been doing this, we've really have been, it's more been self-assessment, self-reflection. Where am I at with these things? How am I doing with these things? Where do I need to grow? And yet these three love commands are not just for us personally, they are also the very thing that we're seeking to help others walk in, right? We're trying to help others become disciples of Jesus who love in these ways. This is what we're about as a church. This is our mission as a church. And so this morning what I want to do is look at this mission real briefly, but then I want to spend most of our time talking about a critical um, belief and a critical um, activity. Uh, In fact, I would call these things mission critical. And when something's mission critical, it is essential. It's vital. The the organization or whatever it is just will not work like it's supposed to, unless these things are present. And so I want to look at a mission critical belief and a mission critical activity. But before we look at that, let's look a little bit at what our mission actually is. Our mission is to make disciples. Most of you know that, right? Our mission is to make disciples. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when, when Jesus uh, talked in some of the last words to his disciples, he instructed them and he instructed us in this way. It says this, it said, And Jesus came up and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age there's a lot we could talk about there that's a whole sermon or two just in that that text but but what i want you to see is that jesus calls his church in every place and every time to be about the business of making disciples go and make disciples of all the nations that's the central command in the passage and at the very it's at the very core of why faith exists as a church or any other biblical church It's to make disciples and the starting point of this, of course, is sharing the good news of the gospel. We, we want to, that's the going. We want to help other, others to, to know our amazing God. We want to help people understand what Jesus did for them through his death, burial, and resurrection through his life, of course. We want them to come into an eternal relationship with God. And when, when they do, then we, we baptize them. In fact, we will do that next week. We will celebrate baptisms here. I think seven people will be baptized next week in obedience to this command. And then we are to teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. And so that's what we do when we gather, right? That's what this time on Sunday morning is about. That's what the next gen that, that, that Chris is talking about needing volunteers for. That's, that's what that is about. It's teaching our children to obey everything that Jesus taught. This is what Rooted is about. This is what life groups are about. This is what we are to be about as, as believing friends gathered to, together, teaching one another to obey all that Jesus commanded. And we believe that if we can help disciples truly love God and all that means, truly love one another and all that that means, and truly love our neighbors and all that that means, that we are well on our way to help others, you know, teaching others to obey all that Jesus commanded. And so this is what we're about. This is what we are about as a church and so all that we do is towards the end of helping fulfill this great commission that Jesus gave to the church. And there's a lot we could talk about in terms of the how and, and all of that. But what I want to do in the rest of our time is talk about a mission-critical belief and a mission-critical activity related to this commission that Jesus has given us. And so let's talk about the mission-critical belief The reality is this belief is communicated through the story of the Bible. It's a story that's woven throughout the whole of the the Bible. But Jesus, in a very clear and succinct way, states it in Matthew 6, in the first bit of the Lord's Prayer that that he uh, teaches his disciples in terms of how to pray. And so in Matthew 6, 9, and 10, Jesus says this, Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is going to go on and also give us instructions about how we should pray for our own needs. But before he goes into any of that, Jesus teaches about how our prayers uh, in this model prayer, it's rooted in... um, a foundational belief its mission and it's it's rooted in a mission critical belief and that belief is this life is all about god and what he's doing life is all about god and what he is doing in this world who is god he's our father who's in heaven and he is the one whose name is to be honored and so we pray, hallowed be your name. And I think sometimes when we hear that, we think we're just making a statement, your name's holy, but it's actually a request. We are making a request, God, would you let your name be, be hallowed in this world? Would you let your name be honored rightly in this world? We're asking God to do that, that he would be rightly honored, rightly respected, And so we're asking God to move in the heart of people all around the world, that they would see God as God, that they would rightly honor him. Jesus tells us that our prayers are to focus on what God is doing in this world. He's extending his kingdom, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in in heaven. His kingdom reign was initiated with the coming of Jesus. And it's being extended through the church as the gospel is proclaimed. And as more and more people come to believe and follow uh, Jesus as a disciple and, and walk uh, loving God. God's kingdom comes and, and is more and more you know, spreading through our, our world as that happens. More people come to honor God. More people come to live in his, as disciples. This is what God is doing in the world, extending his kingdom, causing his will increasingly to be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a mission-critical belief. Life is all about God and what He is doing in this world. Life is not about me. Life is not about experiencing the American dream, having a nice job and a nice house and a nice family, some nice hobbies and a nice retirement, a nice dog. Uh, Life is about God and what he is up to in this world. It's a mission-critical belief. You know, God, this week, he showed me, uh, as I was preparing and reflecting, really, on this this prayer, how would be your name, uh, your kingdom come, and and that that life is all about you, God. Um, He showed me that, for me, at times, what motivates me is, like, the pastor's version of the American dream, It's kind of all the other stuff, but then it's to be a nice pastor and doing nice things in a nice church and and it kind of being comfortable um, as you go about that. And I can get sucked in to that desire, just as as we all can struggle with this. But here's the thing about the mission to which God has called us in making disciples of all the nations. Uh, It's actually hard work. It requires great effort the sacrifice of time and financial resources. It requires moving outside of our comfort zone. It requires probably a rearrangement of our priorities and the things that we think are most important. If we don't have the mission critical belief that life's not about me, but it's about God and what he's doing in this world, we will not Do the hard work we will not rearrange our priorities we will not move out of our comfort zone because if it's about me why would I want to do that but if it's about God and what he's doing in the world we're willing to make the sacrifice we're willing to make those changes if we're going to be faithful to the mission that God has given to our church and every biblical church every church through history we need to have this mission critical belief that life is about God and what God is doing in this world and joining with him in that. There's also a mission critical activity. I would say there's probably a number of things, but I want to talk about one. When you think about the mission that that God has given us of making disciples of all the nations and, and what that really means, we're talking about seeing people who right now may not even know about God or they don't believe in him they're indifferent to him we're talking about that person becoming aware and interested and and coming to a place where they actually will bow the knee and they'll trust jesus as savior it's an amazing thing right when we think about fulfilling the command to make disciples of all the nations we're talking about helping people who right now are self-focused and selfish grow to a place where they actually love god they actually love other people they actually love their neighbors as themselves. When you think about these things, it's a spiritual work, right? We cannot do this. We cannot do this. It's beyond us. What we're talking about is a work of God in in a human life to bring this about. And so here's a mission critical activity. It's prayer. It's prayer. Prayer motivated by the glory of God. Prayer motivated by the glory of God. Last week, we spent some time in John 15, and I want to return there to look at a couple of verses, specifically verses 7 and 8. In John 15, Jesus is talking about uh, spiritual fruitfulness. He's talking about how our lives, how that can only happen if we are remaining closely dependent upon him, abiding in him and his word abiding in us. And it's in that context that Jesus says an amazing thing about prayer. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, in other words, you're dwelling in this closest of relationship with me. You're submitting to me. My word is having its way in your life. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's an amazing invitation. It's an amazing invitation promise. And the reason Jesus can make this promise is that if we are dwelling in this closest of relationship with him, his word is abiding in us, then, then really our desires are Jesus's desires. Our prayers become what Jesus would pray. And so of course they will be answered. Jesus then says this, my, my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. It's our prayer and and God responding to that, that leads to this fruitfulness. Now, Jesus doesn't actually say what the fruit is that he's talking about here, but I believe he's talking about the fruit of changed lives, the fruit of people coming to know Christ and, and walking as disciples. A few verses later in verse 16, Jesus says this, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should, that you would go and bear fruit that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the father in my name, he may give to you. The fact that Jesus talks here in verse 16 about going and bearing fruit suggests he's not talking about the, the fruit of you know, spiritual character in our lives. Uh, that is something that he does as well. But I think in the fact that he's talking about going and bearing fruit, he's talking about the fruit of changed lives. People come to know Jesus as savior and then walking as his disciple. That happens by prayer. And when that happens, it says in verse 8, God is glorified. God's name is hallowed when that happens. His kingdom is extended when that happens. His will is increasingly done on earth when this happens. And so pray. Ask for these very things. I could have just made the point that prayer is a mission-critical activity, but because it is, um, but... But we need to pray uh, motivated by the glory of God. The only thing that will sustain our prayers, I believe, really is the glory of God. Praying for the salvation of someone you know is hard work. Praying for another person to become a disciple who genuinely loves God, loves one another, and loves their neighbors requires time and energy and persistence. And if my prayer is mostly motivated by, like, how maybe... I can get some accolades for my friend coming to know Christ or seeing their life change. If it's motivated about me and and what this might mean for me, it just won't sustain it. It won't sustain it. But prayer motivated by the glory of God, our Father in heaven, our beautiful God, our loving God who's been so good to us. When we're motivated by his name being honored, by his kingdom coming, that will sustain our prayers. Prayer is really motivated by the critical belief that life is all about God and what he is doing in this world. And so I would ask you, are you engaging in this mission-critical activity of prayer? Who do you pray for? Are you asking God to bring people to a saving faith in him? Are you asking God that your, your child, your neighbor, your friend, your classmate would become disciples who are increasingly conformed to the image of Christ. Are you praying? Who are you praying for? Let me give you two very simple ideas how you can engage this mission-critical activity of prayer. The first is actually something Sam talked about a couple of weeks ago in his message. He talked about the BLESS model. If you were here, you maybe remember that. Uh, If you weren't here, let me give you a quick review. BLESS, we want to be a people that bless those around us. And so B, begin with prayer. L is listen. As you're developing relationships with people, you're a listener, you're a learner, you're, you're a compassionate presence, you're understanding. E is eat with them, have coffee with them, invite them into something deeper, some type of deeper interaction. Offer hospitality. S is serve, find ways to, to serve in appropriate ways. And then S, the final S ultimately is share your story. Share bits of what God is doing in your life with the hope that someday you actually can share God's story of what he has done in Christ. But it all starts with the B, right? Begin with prayer. We would love for faith to be made up of people that are are blessing those around them and, and all that this means. But to start with the B, begin with prayer. My encouragement to you would be to take some time to think about who is it in my life that I'm going to really take up a commitment to pray for. Maybe write them down somewhere, where you maybe the front of your Bible, where you can be reminded to keep coming back and pray that God would do a work in that person's life and, and persist and faithfully pray for them. And so you can follow that. The BLESS model is one way to engage this activity of prayer. But a second way you can grow in engaging prayer is really pray with the church, pray with the church. It's sort of like the church prays about this. There are people that pray about this. And when you pray with the church, it's sort of like jumping in the stream that's flowing a certain direction. It's, it's moving you there faster when you pray with the church. And there's a lot of ways you can do this. You, maybe there's a, a believing friend that you meet with once in a while. You could make it part of your time together that you pray for people in your lives that you care about that you're wanting God to do a work in so pray with your friend this can be what our life groups do when they gather that, that our requests are not just about you know the, the needs in my own life and we sh- for sure I'm not saying we don't pray about those things but but maybe there are times in our groups that, that we are looking outward and we're praying for those in our lives that, that, that we're praying for individually you can also join us uh, at Maybe you know that, that the church gathers monthly. We have an, a monthly prayer gathering where we pray about the mission of the church. We pray about these very things. And it just so happens that we are actually doing that tonight. You could join us tonight. Uh, we, we're meeting on Zoom right now. Used to be in person, but uh, it's on Zoom right now. And it doesn't matter how many gather because we gather for some instruction. And then you break in little breakout rooms of four or five people and you, you pray. And uh, really, it's time spent praying. And if you want to join us tonight, you, you need the Zoom link. And the way you get there is all the same ways that you get to that connection card that Chris talked about earlier, the Faith Church Center app uh, or button on the website or go to the app, go to the events, and you'll see it there and you can find the Zoom connection. But, but prayer is really hard work. And, and to be engaged in it alone is hard work. And so pray with the church is another way to engage this mission critical activity. So God has given us a mission, right? And and there's a belief that's so foundational. If we're really going to go for that, we have to believe that life is about God and what he's doing in this world. And one of the mission critical activities is we we really are praying about that mission and all that it means. It's prayer motivated by the glory of God. Earlier earlier this week, I I reached out to a friend um, who I think, in my opinion, models this about as much as anyone I know. And uh, I was asking him some questions like, how did you get there to, to live that kind of life? And then how do you stay there? And, and he was uh, you know, quick to state that he's on a journey. He's not arrived. But in my opinion, he has lived this kind of life in a sustained way over a long time. And so when I asked him, like, how do you get, sometimes it, you can be inspired to get there for a time, but how do you stay there? How do you continue to live this kind of life? And here's what he, he mentioned to me. It was really all about being captivated by God. And part of what he said is this. He said, it's, it's looking at him, contemplating his character and his goodness, remembering the ways we've seen him act in history and in our own lives, acknowledging his magnificence, his unrivaled nature, His all-satisfying person and savoring it and delighting in it. Just like grandparents who out of absolute delight over their grandchildren cannot help but talk about them and make them known. My friend cannot help but want to make God known because he's captivated by who God is and what God is doing in this world. And because of this, he lives his life on mission for God. I mentioned earlier that if we're going to engage this mission, it's hard work. It will require effort. It will require sacrifice of time and financial resources. It will require moving outside of our comfort zones, the reordering of our priorities. My friend has experienced all of this. There has been great effort. There's been great sacrifice of time and financial resources. There's been great sacrifice for his family. He's not been living for comfort or the American dream. And some would probably look at his life and say, you know, really, is the sacrifice, has it really been worth it? Has the sacrifice been worth it? But without a doubt, I know my friend would say that whatever it has cost him, whatever it has cost his family, it's worth it. Because God is worth it. God is worth it. Life is all about God and what he's doing in this world you pray with me? Father, you know where each one of us are related to this mission. You know where we're at in terms of this belief that life is all about you and what you're doing in this world. Father, I know I have so far to go in really owning that belief, really leaning into that belief and living out of it. Would you help me? God, would you help us to grow and really believing that, 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 that this life is not about just comfort and, and, and pursuing things like that. But it's about your kingdom increasingly coming in this world. It's about your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God, would you take us to our next step to move closer to that. To live in light of that mission. That we'd be people who pray in light of your glory. God, make us a church that is cooperating in this mission that your name would be honored in this world we pray in christ's name amen amen would you stand with us